she your cat leaves you no because when i was gone out of town before i left she started throwing up her food I was like, what the fuck because i just immediately got mad at myself for being the worst cat owner in the world because that's how you feel when your pet throws up I'm like what the fuck mm-hmm. and, it's your fault and then she um did you just say it's my fault no that's how you feel i'm saying yeah. like whenever you're as the pet owner um you you feel i mean i remember one uh christmas our dog got into the chocolate chip cookies and i was like felt like a total total i mean i it was my fault i left them on the coffee table they were right there but anyway so so you're so you're uh, uh, well was he okay yeah 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 he's, okay, yeah she cool. ended up being fine um okay. same dog that was out in the middle of the street last time uh, <laughs> uh we were on um but uh so your cat is is it oh okay so cat like throwing she, up in protest up then, because you went i don't know when i'm not around like monitoring she will eat the dog's food even though like we tried to keep it out of the open but she's just a fat fucking bitch that wants everything so, so she's and like when i come back i notice like oh you're, you're fatter because like animals are that sensitive you know yeah they change like pretty quick well she is she your um is she yours or you told me this before is she your she's your... mine now officially yeah so how did that happen because wasn't it your roommate yeah i i stole her does he know that like when you move she's going with you oh yeah we, we've had this conversation it's okay. all good i so she was like morbidly obese like i can show you before and after pictures and i made a friend on twitter and sh- shut up come here come here come here come here fucking whatever cats are the opposite of dogs i mean they just like they don't care whatsoever about well, what you want they're easier than dogs and i don't know i can just i can handle it it's what i need dogs annoy me just like the barking and the 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 smelliness it's like not that i hate dogs like i, I grew up with dogs like dogs are fine but like cats are chill yeah. and uh <laughs> I always think back to uh, Meet the Fockers or or Meet the Parents, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking what's-his-face's name? Oh, my God. Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. <laughs> his character is one. He's like, with the cat, you have to earn respect. Kind of thing. <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? Can you milk me? I call uh... it the mannery gland. <laughs> oh such a good movie. anyway um, so so you this you uh you left your cat abandoned your cat um to go to an event uh where was the event in, it was in houston so that's ron paul was how like, far away from austin it was a, it was a three hour drive around i think and everything god damn houston Texas traffic is... is so like the amount of retardation especially on the road uh you know gets up there uh exponentially mm. like i drove through three different wrecks mm. not three two but it brings out the worst of me because like 
I'm not like the best driver, but I'm not a terrible driver, but I can notice like I was just being like more careless. So it's like in the air, it's a contagious species mm. driver. Then you should anyway, drive I went on to... the 405 out in California because that's the worst. Ooh. Yeah, never never had a had the pleasure in driving California traffic, but I went to this Ron Paul event, which he throws on, or really Daniel McAdams uh, at the uh, Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity. They put on these events where it's basically just like a, you know, a concert kind of gig. But Ron Paul is the final act, and they pick a topic. The topic was the Biden Doctrine, nu- nuclear Armageddon, or no, sorry, fuck, I fucked it up. The Biden Doctrine, New World Order or Nuclear Armageddon. And essentially, we're talking about the state of the world today with Russia-Ukraine thing, and the military-industrial complex, and basically how these warlords or Davos is mm-hmm. essentially trying to kill us all. And the useless eaters, um, yeah, right as they as they so lovingly called us, um, which because- which ironically they're the useless eaters because they're the state, and the state is a parasite, and they mm-hmm. feed off of the productive private sector and what we produce. And they are um, ironically trying to sodomize, <laughs> uh, <laughs> castrate, kill the the public intentionally, so they can kill more people, and we can all. Um, it's not a know, conspiracy control. theory; it's just a theory. No, it's absolutely it's just, fucking true. What they're a, trying to do. Um, yeah. So before we get rolling on the event, uh, I do want to shout out the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. Go to shiftcrypto.ch/slash/bitcoin-made-simple. Get five percent off to get. A hardware wallet. Uh, use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple and uh, snag yourself one because um, Ron Paul to tran- to segue um, from one thing to another. Uh, Ron Paul knows that uh, if you are not holding your own wealth, then uh, what are you doing? You got to get it off the exchange. Ron Paul also is uh, featured in the three part series that uh, Richard James, filmmaker from Australia, made. Um, that uh, he made a, a couple of movie or a couple of documentaries, uh, and we have them on Movies Plus called Money and State. But I love the opening line. I think of the second one, and it's it's Ron Paul, and he says, "If somebody asked me um, to explain the Federal Reserve in five minutes, I would say I don't need five minutes. The Federal Reserve is a scam. Any questions?" Um, and I was like, I, I just love that quote. So obviously he's the most based. And I'll be honest, from my perspective, like probably until I was like a Bitcoiner, I was like, oh, Ron Paul's like that weirdo, like, you know, third party candidate type, like kind of in my eyes was like Ross Perot, basically, where it was like, is this like oddball guy that like nobody like nobody he doesn't nobody's on his side nobody believes him like he he's kind of crazy he talks these crazy theories um and you know i was like i could drive with him on a couple things but overall it just i think to the average american you, you hear ron paul and you think well i mean that's that guy with the crazy libertarian ideas um but I don't know. He seems to be pretty right about some stuff. Yeah. He's right about absolutely everything. So, so walk us through what did they talk about at this event? I mean, you know, so they talk about the Biden doctrine and everything, but like, 
what were what was the nitty gritty details that Phil Gibson walked away with? I mean, nothing that I already didn't know, but it was essentially we'll reiterate it for people like me that are, you know, smooth brained. Yeah, a little smooth in the in the brain, a little smooth in the brain. That's what I'll say. Yeah, we're all a little smooth in the brain. We keep smoothing it out with these Sam Adams. This is not (laughs) sponsored, but if Sam Adams wants to, um, all they have to do is send me a case of beer for free. I talk about it for like a year. Yeah. Um, But anyways. Yeah. So I can sum it up in Tom Luongo's speech. But the way that these events work is that Ron Paul is the headliner, of course. And then he invites, you know, three, four other people in front of him to speak. So, the order of operations for the, the 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 program, the the act, the the lineup was Dan McAdams, who is like Ron Paul's first mate, is the other guy that you see on the Liberty Report, and just great foreign policy guy, libertarian, uh, talks about the military industrial complex, and so he opened, and then it was Scott Ritter, uh, former. Air Force guy in the 80s, like little, literally, like was doing it like in the age of Top Gun and uh, just a geopolitical commentator. And then it was Tom Luongo, who I basically. Oh, he was one of the talkers. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't have gone otherwise. How dumb do I sound? One of the, he was one of talkers. He He was was one of some talkers. He was one of the people. He was one of the people down there using his voice, wasn't he? Oh, God, geez, I got to move like I'm not going to insult West Virginia without. No, I will. Um, I'm going to move like, you know, 150 miles south and just become a West Virginian um, picking up roadkill off the side of the road for dinner. Yeah, there you go. So it was Tom and then there was intermission coffee break and then Lou Rockwell. If anyone doesn't know who Lou Rockwell is, he basically founded the Mises Institute in Auburn, Alabama. Oh, nice. uh, him and Murray Rothbard, uh, God rest his soul. Uh, Lou's speech was great. If I could pay attention to it, like God bless that man. He's seventy-seven. Um, his health is, has seen better days, but um, it, it was just really sad because you could tell that he was like struggling to turn the page. Of, like it, it was, it was really sweet. They he had a walker up there and like a they set up a ramp for him to to use to get up there because he's Lou Rockwell and like people kiss his feet and the crown he walks on because he made Mises Institute and he's written great articles and lurocco.com and all this great stuff. But um, they set up like a little desk for him and he was reading out of a binder with, uh, you know, laminated pages and like, you know, 20 font what he was going to say. I wish I had that binder. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then the final act was Ron Paul. I saw, I was, I've been to one of these events it was in 2019. It was called "Ending the War on the War on Drugs," and stop sneezing. What are you doing? Psst, come here. For those listening on the podcast, uh, Phil's cat is sneezing. Um, yeah, keep, she's keep, just keep, mad because you hear that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> it's, we do this raw, so it's uh, it's just it going straight up. Um, so we don't we, we don't raw dog it. We raw cat it. Oh. I'm gonna get bunch of weird comments now um please don't judge and and i so I, i've been in one of these things the last one i was at was 2019 it was called and ending the war on the war on drugs and like ron paul was great but he was particularly 
particularly energetic, like the most lively. At this one or the last one? This one in comparison. Mm -hmm. So three years later, he had more energy. Like whatever the opposite of adrenochrome is, Ron Paul was doing it. Like, and I say opposite of like the the good side, not the evil drinking baby side. Mm -hmm. So whatever the good guy equivalent of that is. That's what Ron Paul is doing. Come here. Come here. Fucking needy. Was his, I mean, was his son there? Rand? No, he wasn't. Rand's doing, I guess, big boy things because he's a senator or whatever. But anyway, so it was all talking about like the current state of the world, the war in Ukraine and where things are going and how these people basically will not stop it. Anything to maintain their power and control. And it really all ends in potentially nuclear Armageddon. And Tom's speech was just the most concise way to wrap this up. Because stop meowing. It's fine. I'm going to scare you under the bed. There. Okay. Problem solved. Um, He talked about how you know, people will say that geopolitics is a game of chess. Like, oh, Trump is playing 5D chess or whatever. Or, you know, China is sitting in the, in the back waiting to make, their, waiting to make their next move honest. on the chessboard. <laughs> and it's not that. It's more complicated. It's like a game of Go. And Jeff Booth talks about this a game in, of Go. His book, in, in, in his book. Um, the Price of Tomorrow. Okay. What is Jeff Booth's book called? The Price of Tomorrow. Yeah, The Price of Tomorrow. Um, but this is really a game of go with not just two players, but multiple players. So with go, it's really just like a, it, it's a strategy game to where you want to conquer 51% of the board and you win. And you do that, like say that you have black stones and your opponent has white stones and you basically want to circle where the white stones land. So you just take that territory, like you circle them, whatever. You take the white stones off the board and they're your white stones now. And so you're doing this at the geopolitical level, but, you know, uh, Indians have uh, purple stones. Iran has green stones. Saudi Arabia has yellow stones. China has red stones. Russia has black stones. The West, America, Europe have white stones. And we are coming to the point where during these strategy games, Everybody looks at the at the board game at, at at the at the game board, and they go, "Hmm." Okay, uh, you you everyone, go in the back room. We have to talk because they realize that whatever move they make, they're going to end up losing, and all the power is going to consolidate to one player, and that's Russia. And Russia is really winning this war like on 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 the board game of the world because every sanction that keeps game pass it makes them stronger Leaves into and their hands. they are controlling the price of commodities because i mean reasons they sit on the world's i mean the majority of the world oil soil wheat all these things and they're they're coming back from like their currency like just going down by saying hey you want all these nice commodities that really control the price of everything else in the world, pay us some rubles or gold or eventually Bitcoin. And so everybody is looking at this and 
uh, the the global south, basically not the west, so not Europe, not America. All those other players are. Oh my god! Phil is going to fight this cat now. <laughs> this is because he went away for the weekend and left his cat um, to fend for herself, and she ended up getting really fat. Um, but this is a dramatic pause. I will use this opportunity to mention that you guys should go get the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. Uh, legit the best hardware wallet I have used. Uh, simplest, easiest to use, and it is a pretty good looking hardware wallet. Uh, so go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin made simple. Use the promo code Bitcoin made simple to get 5% off. But uh, seriously, it is you need to get your Bitcoin off the exchanges and do it quickly because um, before you know it, there's going to be laws in place where they'll say, uh, yeah, you can't take your Bitcoin off. You can use it from here. Um, we don't want that. So yeah, go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin made simple. And then also while I'm waiting on Phil, I will tell you guys a little bit about Movies Plus. Um, so I tweeted out and we passed 250,000 downloads of our app, which is pretty crazy. So we are... Uh, chugging along but uh literally getting more bitcoin documentaries as we speak like i just noticed i had a ping from a filmmaker that uh something should be uploaded and ready for us to put up um so we're adding more content all the time um working on trying to figure out how to get bitcoin podcasters on there uh podcasts in general um we kind of have to there's some technological things that have to happen on the back end to uh, to to get this rolling in the right direction. Um, but yeah, uh, we'd like to tap into RSS feeds and um, RTMPS. I think that's what it is to do the uh, to do the the live streaming um, so people can migrate over there and uh, slowly start using a service that won't censor them. Um, so yeah, uh, we. And I actually, I thought of this idea and I'm going to put it out there eventually to, uh, to, to see if there's support for it. I think people would like it, but I am putting out a, the, well, I had the idea of a Bitcoin origin film that is about the, um, the origins of Bitcoin itself <laughs> in like a narrative feature and have the film, um, obviously Satoshi can't be in it because Satoshi we don't know who they are, um, but uh, but yeah, I want to make a Bitcoin origin film and then kind of like a, like the social network, but uh, from that perspective and then have, you know, all the early players that were, were in it. Um, so yeah, go to mymoviesplus.com and check out some movies um, and let me know what y'all think. The more, uh, the more of you that sign up and subscribe, the more awesome Bitcoin content I will create because I will make other stuff. It's not always going to be Bitcoin, but I promise you, I will make a lot of Bitcoin content. So anyway, oh, yeah. Phil is back and alive. And that was pretty, I mean, you would think I am a radio, like I, you would think that I studied radio in college because I just somehow filled the gap while, Ka uh, while Phil was out, I assume 
you know, uh, were you giving your cat a swirly in the toilet? (laughs) (laughs) I wish to make her. Uh, uh, She's so self entitled. Um. Uh, Anyway, um. So let me let let me just like just railroad over what your little monologue was and get back to business. So, um, yeah, the game of of Go. Just to to recap, actually, man, where how to recap this? Basically, all the players they're they're kicking out. Basically, all the all all the players on the board game are recouping their stones, and they're like, okay, well, we're gonna meet with the people that are winning Russia, and they're probably gonna side with Russia. And so you have this split where it's actually like one side versus the other. And you're seeing this with the sanctions that are happening on Russia. They're just strengthening them and it's weakening Europe because European countries want oil and they don't want to freeze to death in the winter and stuff. And they want to have a, you know, wheat that's not astronomically high and they want to just live a prosperous life. But these central planners at Davos don't want that to happen. But anyway, you have this cooperation and these workarounds around these sanctions, for example, India is actually buying a lot of Russian oil and they're selling it back to European countries. And so basically it's just all these soft power moves and Russia's winning and Davos is losing. And at the end of the day, it comes down to everyone that's not Europe is going to throw a bitch fit. I'm mean, everyone that's not Europe is going to side with Russia and the West, Europe, America, Davos is going to go nuclear if they have to. That's how power crazed they are. All right. So who is who is a part of Davos? Let's recap that for those that might. Davos know. is basically Europe, old European money, oligarchs. So I mean, Klaus Schwab created the world. Klaus Schwab created the World Economic Forum. It's only been called the World Economic Forum in uh, uh, like since the '90s. It was originally called like the World Economic uh, Management Meeting or some shit, and they meet at uh, Davos in uh, Switzerland, I believe. Uh, I need to work on my geography. So they, yeah, but no, I'm actually gonna have Ansel Winder on this week to talk about uh, some of this stuff. Because he nice. did a deep dive on uh, Fed Watch, and he's he also is a fan of uh, Tom Luongo, but uh, he he disagrees with Tom and I, or really Tom, because I've uh, co-opted his thesis. But he disagrees that the Fed isn't going to stop, isn't going to stop tightening. He thinks that they might pause. Where at the end of the day, this is war, because the Fed is fighting to maintain its dominance and the power that it has over over the global economy by being the 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 shepherd of of money and being just wielding the power of like the money transmission mechanism and well, well, let's play this. once you undercut that by issuing by basically replacing the commercial banking industry and just have the fed issue a central bank digital currency and so you don't have all these banks just going through the, the process of making money off interest payments that people pay them for loans because that's how money is created like it's not just a money printer it is to an extent because the fed creates money or treasuries out of nothing and then the treasury department issues those treasuries but there's still a process in it it's like with mmt and cbdc's at least they're they don't bullshit around their evilness they're just like yep fed makes money out of nothing 
and you have money now deal with it you're welcome mm-hmm. don't you love us and there's actually like a process in the current system of that we know of as like american capitalism and i mean that's how the federal reserve system works like banks are all following like the same uh reserve uh standard and they issue out loans and the deposits are essentially uh creating the loans because they take the deposits that the customers put in their bank account and they take that money and like rehypothecate it and use it as a loan and you know you have that uh that's uh a liability and an asset being both the deposit and the loan at the same time and yeah fractional reserve banking which is what makes this possible and so that is how it's quote unquote printed or created out of nothing uh and it's also printed when um they issue treasuries because that's how the debt is monetized because treasury is a bond and people in the market primarily the banks uh the the banks are actually the ones that scoop up the uh i believe 50 percent of the bonds that get issued or the treasuries that get issued by the treasury department. But when people use their money to buy these bonds, that is how the debt is itself monetized. So there's an actual system in how this works. And Davos- They want to eliminate, Davos wants to eliminate that system. Yeah, exactly. They want to cut out the banks. They think that they're a middleman, but they're a strong, powerful middleman. Um, You know, kind of like in parallel, how powerful middleman can be. Because India acting as the middleman to buy oil from Russia and refine it, whatever they do with it, and then sell it back to Europe. Uh, middlemen are very powerful in that way. And so you have this decentralized, I know it sounds strange to say the Federal Reserve system is decentralized, but it kind of is. And they have like uh centralized they're from all, the all the banks are all the banks, all the banks are holders, shareholders of the Federal Reserve. And basically, this is just too uh, robust of a system to go up against and yeah and pal and his and his uh, henchman and jamie diamond which by the way jamie diamond has not been to any of the uh davos meetings uh this year he wasn't i don't think he was there uh this year and i don't think he was at virtual davos last year so all the this is the, the example of the bifurcation that you're seeing in the global monetary uh system and basically getting back to who is Davos, who comprises them, it's just like old European oligarchs. Uh, they are basically trying to, you know, use soft power and control by creating these uh, young global leaders and, uh, in, and selecting them to be rulers, prime ministers, presidents of countries so they can maintain power and control uh, in the world. And Which is amazing. I mean, to- if you've ever seen... The Klaus Schwab, where he's like, we're very happy to have Prime Minister Trudeau. And it's like, are you kidding? Like, they're just openly. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. Like, if you look at it from a movie perspective, and it's happening in real life, like the villain, they can't help themselves, but they have to take that moment to gloat about what they're doing. And you're like, dude, you're. You're you're bragging, but you're actually confessing. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I think Mark Moss said it, uh, and I, I like this phrase. I use it all the time now. I'm like, I'm not being a conspiracy theorist. I'm just taking them at their word. <laughs> I like that. Like, yeah, I'm just believing now, at this them. Point, at this point now, they are, like, 
getting high off their own supply, which is like the smell of their own farts, their arrogance, because they're scared and this is them projecting. Mm -hmm. And they're just trying to like live off of this hype. You know, it's just like any shitcoin marketing scam, like living off hype. We're winning and they're freaking out. And, exactly. and that's why they're that's why we that's why they're out in the open so much, because exactly. usually they'd be in the shadows. But Klaus Schwab is losing and he does not want to be the captain of the ship that has that sinks his, you know, centuries old family wealth control of the world. Um, and, uh, you know, it just. It's. It's uh, it's interesting to see how how manipul. I thought I used to think people were joking when they said that there were thirteen people that decided what happened in the world. And it for and at the time I was like, who like Bill Gates and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't realize that they they had puppet masters above them. Um. Oh yeah, I mean, someone's like telling Klaus Schwab what's gonna happen for sure. So. It's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, so what was at the Rand Paul event, I mean, they're talking about how basically... The Ron Paul event. Oh, yeah, Rand Paul. Ron <laughs> Paul. Um, so basically what's happening right now is that no matter what anybody does, Russia looks like it's winning as far uh, as that, are they the ones that like, okay, we got to do something because they're going to win? Yeah, no matter what we do, that's essentially what it's coming down to. Davos is, well, all the other other powers that aren't part of Davos are even even probably countries within Europe, because I mean, this past week they basically, um, I forget what it's called, but Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of, uh, you know, Britain is getting like a like a no tolerance vote or whatever it's called vote and they're trying no to get confidence. rid of him because because he's just not really a part of the davos train he's been incompetent and it's really ever since like brexit actually went through because with brexit you basically had the united kingdom not i guess maybe not the uk you had britain duh brexit britain you had a britain leave davos mm-hmm and of Davos course, controls all of Europe. They want to, yeah. But that's kind of hard to to maintain. And um, it's essentially because probably the people that are in charge in all these countries, even if they are pro-Davos, they're actually realizing, oh, well, I kind of want my people to not starve to death. And uh, you, you just have this like political power grab. Like you have more bifurcation. And I hope it doesn't come to nuclear war, but these Devogian neocons, just people that hate Russia, and more importantly, just people that hate self-sovereignty of any nation. And they want to have that new world order and want to have it on their watch. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they're not... They would do absolutely everything they can in their might to maintain that. If it means nuclear Armageddon, then so be it. Um, I mean, I think that there will be a lot of saber rattling in that area. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I honestly thought that the 
I mean, maybe I was hoping that the the Russia thing was going to be a lot a lot shorter. I thought it'd be maybe done by now. Yeah, um, no, I don't think it's going to end any anytime soon because I mean, Putin's actually try to have like a sit down in diplomacy and it was even even uh henry kissinger which i brought up a couple of newsmate symbols ago uh, it like the the contrast between the way henry kissinger looks at this and like how george soros looks at this like when you watch those interviews just the difference in the mannerisms kissinger is just kind of calm cool collected and like hey you know, this kind of blew up in our face. We need to have like some diplomacy before it gets worse. And you have sort of people that are just shaking and like quite literally and are just watching all the power that they have melt away as the money system is being uh, evolved and they won't be able to be the rich cantillionaires anymore. And, and it's all really primarily, I would say, Russia creating this, commodity backed currency in the ruble like you want all the stuff from us you have to buy rubles and like it's a soft power tactic and so mm-hmm. if they don't go nuclear like nuclear is like the nuclear option last resort so they're first going to try to probably assassinate putin and there have been attempts like with any leader of any country but he's like the big threat and in by the way this isn't us like we're not supporting I mean, like we have bad guys that are trying to do things to other bad people um yeah there's no good guy back guy here is yeah i mean there's well you know what i would uh i would probably disagree with that a little bit but whatever if don't, you don't get yourself in trouble phil oh well i guess yeah. you'll have to censor me off the network forever <laughs> no 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 you're, i'm kidding um i mean i don't like because I mean, attack it like I just I can't ever be for anyone being it like, you know, like just be like, yeah, like it's no big deal. People are getting attacked. Um, granted, that's happening all over the world and we're ignoring it in many other places. Um, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to see how this isn't a I mean, it kind of all made sense to me with the the Gladstein article of like the petrodollar and like that really reshaped my view of a lot of geopolitics. And I mean, it was like the signpost in early February whenever uh, Russia said they were going to accept oil or um, they were going to accept rubles or yuan. Yeah. Um, for for oil and i was like i was like we've got a problem um and uh you know but i mean sure enough within a month they're invading and you know it's just i mean the thing that sucks about all of this is there's just it's all these oligarchs all these heads of state that are trying to have a wiener measuring contest um and project their power and the only people that get hurt are the regular people yeah i mean that's how it's always been but this is just the latest iteration of it yeah and it's 
more than likely going to get much worse and it has to it has to get worse before it gets better and why does know, it I foresee have to? I, I foresee a very painful recession coming up you're talking financially right well financially culturally i mean when you can't afford groceries people get mad so i mean gas prices like all-time high who would have thought that gas prices were gonna hit an all-time high before uh before <laughs> before bitcoin again but um you know it's just it like it is a it's reached the level of absurd and i'm not sitting here saying like oh i'm like living a posh life and everything's so super uber comfortable um but like i know that there's people that have tighter budgets in everything than i do in life and i just can't imagine how much that hurts like going to the gas station like i mean i literally wouldn't go anywhere and you know what i mean because like the fact that like for me yeah. you know it's like for paying for gas it's just like it's almost like one of the utility bills where it's just like all right it's fixed cost like yeah i pay i spend x number of dollars on gas every month is what it is um but now it's like i i mean it actually i'm like oh god like 96 dollars to fill up my tank yeah. like what in the world um but like i don't know i just can't imagine that's me my side is i just feel bad um i feel bad for people yeah i mean i can see gas prices getting lower ansel kind of had a theory about this i don't want to try to reiterate what he said because i'll butcher it but i mean it's a pricing signal right it's a price mechanism and i mean putin himself doesn't like want gas crazy expensive because that basically i guess overvalues the gas and uh, oil and gas industry in russia and not enough focus and capital is allocated to the other sectors of their economy and plus i mean high price commodities just turns the world upside down and it just doesn't work because mm-hmm. like <laughs> tom talks about this when he's feeding his goats uh you know hay shouldn't be like uh you know 10 pounds for like the the cheapest kind of shit that you get and you know that will last like his goats like a day uh and and just like the price of tin and metals and everything being like five dollars a pound or something that's not sustainable for the world and so i don't think russia even like wants this to happen they really don't benefit from this in in the long run like sure their economy is strengthening but again, it, like what what Russia is wanting to do is is really just like Russia first nationalistic kind of thing, and they don't want to rule the world. Then like, why are they invading Ukraine? Because the war started in 2014, and NATO was expanding or trying to expand on the Russian border and push Russia's buttons and piss them off, because it's frankly just like. Uh, European racism towards Russia because Russia is in part of Davos like sure Putin went to Davos but it was so you know what are my enemies thinking I mean this is like judo KGB shit like Putin literally knows judo and so this is just 
what you have to do to play your cards right and play it safe and just know what your enemy is thinking and, and is planning on doing. And so when you have a massacre of people of like 14,000, 16,000, whatever it is, ethnic Russians die on your border. And you also have bio labs that are creating COVID on your border as well. And you keep having like these NATO expansion policies. I mean, not policies, but, you know, uh, testing nuclear missiles on your border, even if they're mid-range or whatever, you're trying to pick a fight is what you're doing because that nation, which is Russia, doesn't want to go along with this new world order, European technocratic, like faggotry is what it is. If you need to censor that out, like go for it, whatever. But is essentially when you have a nation trying to be a sovereign nation and try to live by the rules of international law that were established when the UN was formed, and then you have this quote-unquote rules-based order that the West is trying to abide by because they want to swing their big nuclear dicks around and they think they're hot shit, well, that's a threat to your nation. And so that's all this is. When one country steps out of line and they don't go with the New World Order agenda, I mean... So the New World Order... Yes, I believe that it was a Russian invasion, but Putin made the decision on when to invade. Because he would have had to anyway. I mean, I think it's, you know, and I think that's where it gets confusing for the average person because, you know. Yeah, and like this is not like the like popular opinion because this isn't on fucking Fox News or whatever the hell mainstream media thing like you watch. Yeah. Even like, in like the Bitcoin space, it's so, it was pretty I mean, people are like afraid to even talk about this. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, you have to, I look at it from the perspective of, you know, in normie land, you know, it's like, people are like, oh, the UN, I mean, they're like, they're all good. You know, the new world order, like, you know, if you, if you looked at on the surface what the World Economic Forum did, you'd be like, yeah, seems all right. Um, But um, overall, They're obviously, or they're, they're, it's kind of a, a, a wolf in sheep's, you know, yeah. clothing. But, but I mean, I, I think it, the whole it has to get worse before it gets better is a positive, because average people are, they don't have to understand geopolitics, but they understand gas how prices, their everyday lives are getting are worse up. because the high gas prices, high prices in groceries, and the same Davos policies that are backfiring and causing high prices and everything because of sanctions, uh, the same policies are making the, you know, having gender reassignment at age 12 or whatever, and just the cultural deterioration and in, in destroying the sovereignty of people and families from the inside of the country. People are standing up, mom and dads going to parent-teacher conferences. And I mean, it all boils down to the midterms and again this all goes back to bifurcation of power and what this is going to end up looking like so and people like even in government i'm don't want to tell the line on this i mean it's split yes but i mean people have had enough and they want to change i mean bottles biden's approval rating is like 40 percent or 35 percent like that's that is historically awful 
and Davos sees that too because you know he was selected by Davos and they're probably gonna try to go into supporting the 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 GOP the GOPE the good old party the the Republican party uh but the E at the end of GOP is establishment so they're gonna pivot away from leftism we're gonna back this all this progressive crazy bullshit and then they'll probably like go hard right back to supporting the neocons on the right or something which so that is curious because i I wonder that and i mean this is all like just conjecture but like do you think so let's say davos picked biden um yeah and do you think that they thought he would be this he would appear this week no, yeah, they did because they want they want him to be weak to deteriorate the confidence and professionalism and just beautiful image of what America is. They are trying to embarrass America politically and economically. E- economically because it's jobless that are trying to pass all these like bailout stimulus money printing to go burr monetary policies that the Fed is not uh, down with. They had to do a little bit during COVID or I mean not a little bit, a lot of bit. But the Build Back Better bill that was going to be like five, six trillion dollars and have the majority of that front loaded within the first year. That was a Davos policy to ruin and weaken the credibility of the dollar and treasuries. And they're also doing the same thing by pushing for like gun control things. And again, like gender reassignment stuff and just uh, critical race theory and also point out of Af- Afghanistan the way we did. Like they want, Europe essentially wants to create their they own foreign the policy. And they w- so they want to create their own foreign policy and they don't want to be dependent on the strong United States military. They want to embarrass the fuck out of it and ruin the image uh, that America has on the global stage. And Europe wants to do a reverse Bretton Woods to where all the center power comes out of Europe instead. And they do that by putting these retarded, embarrassing, like weekend at Bernie fucking leaders and to deteriorate the political confidence that people have in America. So now they're going to, they're going to turn around because people are like, I mean, because Biden appears so weak. Yeah. That was so feeble. Yeah. But, but I mean, for the voting perspective, like next election, they're going to go to the GOPE, the G O P E and pick somebody that will be equally embarrassing for America? No, not equally embarrassing. They'll probably just try to, you know, have some soft power kind of policies. I don't think it's going to be as easy, though, because I, I this is just my assumption. I don't follow, like, domestic politics as much as I should because I like this stuff better because it's, like, big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I learned more, and I don't need to know the idiosyncrasies of, like, congressmen. But I'll probably, you know, go down a rabbit hole on that eventually. Um, but I think they're just going to try to, you know, you know, swindle their, their way with different uh, policy. I don't really know what that looks like, but I think they have just said, uh, you know, used up the rag doll that is the, the left and the radical left has done their part by being just completely ridiculous and embarrassing the country. And that maybe they'll just take a more backseat clandestine approach and do something with the right. I don't know what that looks like. I really don't. My gut feeling is that the neocons and warmongers, uh, your um, um, uh, Victoria Newlands, your like all the people that and their heirs, of course, because they're dying off. But the neocons that created the project for a new American century and plotted out the 
uh, foreign policy about the Middle East and conquering that and regime changing, uh, Clintonian kind of things, and um, you know, just you know, I guess staunch establishment Republican types as well. They're gonna probably try to do something with that. I don't, I don't know what that looks like at this point. That's kind of beyond my pay grade, but that's just my challenge. So now at the Ron Paul event, what did Ron Paul have to say? Hmm? What did Ron Paul have to say at the event? Was he just basically backing up what Tom was saying? or? Yeah, uh, pretty much. And really, I guess this is going to be a nice place to end this. He really had the most political success by talking to individual people like yeah he went to give speeches and he holds these events but it's really he, he talks about the remnant mm-hmm. and people that listening probably know what the remnant is but it's just the 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 few people that actually pick up the message whether it's they're in a crowd at a ron paul speech or you know it's the people that ron paul talked to individually after the speech and just making, I mean, just one conversation in a handshake and one epiphany-like thing that you absorb from someone like Ron Paul or someone that preaches what Ron Paul preaches and Bitcoiners. I mean, this is the thing where like Bitcoiners don't need to convince everybody because we're the intransigent minority. And that's what the remnant is, because you taking these messages of truth and liberty and you go, whether it's door to door, person, person, like we are the remnant in that way, because, again, you just need an intransigent minority. It's the reason to for really make a difference and, and continuing to post stuff on. Yeah. You know, like it's probably annoying to some people, but like, you know just continuing to pound that message i mean like i keep saying it i'm not trying to like overplay an idea that i had but i just keep saying i'm like bitcoin is thirty thousand dollars right now and everybody's going god i wish i could have bought a whole bitcoin for three grand and now for three grand you know in 2018 you could have bought one for three grand i wish i would have done that because now 0.1 bitcoin's three grand well guess what in 2026, 0.1 Bitcoin. You'll be lucky if that gets you 30 grand. That's right. So plan accordingly. And, you know, like I I just, I do feel like that perspective matters because it's really hard to look at an asset and go, I tried to do this recently, like take myself out of the Bitcoin world and look at it like and go you know like say i hadn't gone down the rabbit hole um and i was brand new basically like i paid attention a little bit to it but i was like okay maybe i'm gonna put money in now it's like i mean initially i'd be like how in the world is it gonna go up in price you know i mean like it's thirty thousand dollars for one bitcoin how is it gonna go up in price i obviously at this point understand how it's gonna go up in price forever and and you know the macro play it's always going to be higher in the long term um yes there will be some volatility along the way but um yeah I, I just i'm trying to like give people that perspective of like because then 
there's also the idea like people are like oh if i was around in 20 i would kill to go back to 2018 and buy one bitcoin for three grand and well like look at it from this perspective so right now people are like should i put some money into bitcoin you know new people or whatever oh it's too late um and you tell them like why don't you you know just you know put three grand into bitcoin you know get your 0.1 bitcoin and they'd be like well but like is it gonna dip like that's the first thing they'll ask they'll say is the price gonna go down or up in the near term like i don't know i mean it's gonna do one or the other it's it's it is what it is buy it and hold it yeah um but fundamentals matter at the yeah. end of the day that's- but their initial question is going to be always like whenever you push somebody to buy for the first time they're gonna go okay but should i wait like you know like as if there's like some magical answer in nope. like three weeks no you know like i mean i could have been kicking myself in the ass buying at like 40 or 50 or whatever but i mean it's part of the learning process bitcoin's not for any one individual but it's there for everyone and that's what matters but like you but people were sitting there having these questions and they look at they look at 2018 when bitcoin was at three grand and they were like yeah no brainer i would have bought it but those same questions were happening you know what i mean like when i first i forget what my first entry price was I want to say it was in like the 7,000 range, you know, so people right now would be like, oh my God, Bitcoin at 7,000, I would have bought like all of them, you know, and it's like, I remember what it was like then, like people weren't sure what was going to happen, like nothing's a guarantee, nothing was a guarantee where it would go price wise, but the only thing that you could tell people really knew deep down was that over the long haul, it was going to go up. Yep. And trial and error. So, you know, I hope that the the bartender I orange-pilled in the D.C. airport on the way to the conference, and I gave a tip in Lightning um, to prove how quickly it worked. Uh, and I mentioned, you know, just take extra from your paycheck that you can money that you can be like you know what i'm gonna save this for four years put that into bitcoin um and then it'll be it'll most likely be higher by the time you go to look at it um i hope i hope that they're doing that because uh (laughs) because the the tip that i gave them has gone down in value um so i hope they uh you know weren't like oh my god um (sighs) but anyways um yeah, man. Just buy Bitcoin, and if you don't, then have fun staying poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed my uh, my ranting about the event. And yeah. uh, no, if you think I... I'm full of shit, then come at me, or we can have a cordial conversation. Come at me, bro. Um, but uh, yeah, let's one more shout out to the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. Go to shiftcrypto.ch/slash/bitcoin-made-simple. Use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple to get five percent off. And we're always saying the quiet parts out loud. Um, and uh, yeah, I, this was kind of an impromptu conversation. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, and just wanted to hear what uh, Phil had uh, learned from Ron Paul. Yeah, I uh, felt bad. So there wasn't a Creature from Jekyll Island episode and uh, just been slacking, but busy. I got a lot of fun stuff planned for the peeps 
and uh always appreciate the support share share the show share my show uh but share all the other ones on this network i'm very blessed like and subscribe and if you're on youtube smash that like button yeah um but yeah thank you guys i appreciate you guys and we will check you we will talk check you jesus hockey on the brain check you out we'll check you out um we will dad ass we'll talk to y'all later that's texas talk to y'all later see y'all later